0: Ryan Hawkinsmith, you're here to tell us the story of a UFC fighter who is competing this weekend that you are obsessed with. What is this guy's name? Well, his
1: legal name is Sam Alvey. Uh, His nickname is Smiling Sam Alvey, though. He exists in this world of fighters that are just like predators and axe murderers and all these other like terrifying nicknames.
0: Yeah, Quentin Rampage Jackson or uh, the natural-born killer Carlos Condit. Yeah, these are the sorts of things that you hear. Yeah, his his dad actually suggested maybe
1: the Grin Reaper. Could we mix these things? The Grin <laughs> well, I kinda Reaper? I kind of like that one. I kind of like that one. He went through all of those options, and he ultimately settled on, I'm a smiling, happy guy. I'm not going to pretend to be something that I'm not.
2: I, I may not be the greatest fighter that's ever lived, but I am one of the more memorable fighters. Well, I truly feel 20 years from now, people will still remember Smiling Sam.
1: And so he he picked the name Smiling Sam Alby. He got on social media and spelled it wrong on all of his handles. But he's, <laughs> he, he's, Wait, how did he spell it wrong? Well, it's S-M-I-L-E-N. S-A-M, I think on Instagram and he had some <laughs> remorse about that, but in the way that like, he's such a happy guy. He's like, yeah, yeah that's, almost, that's almost, it's <laughs> almost endearing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah I, you know, I kind of butchered this, but Hey, I'm happy about it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got really interested in that. I mean, just the contrast between, Oh, I elbow strike people for a living and I'm also super happy.
2: Uh, I get recognized everywhere I go. I'm a tall athletic looking ginger chubby kid <laughs> and uh more more times than not people say oh smiley right so yeah that's me i was like, mm. oh man i'm a huge fan never met anyone that says oh yeah you're terrible <laughs> they're always a fan
1: <laughs> i thought man i gotta go visit this guy and that's how i ended up in a farm in the middle of nowhere in central tennessee with smiling sam Alby. so this farm in central tennessee what's it like well, it's a beautiful place out in the middle of Tennessee. So do you have to feed the chickens or do they basically find their own stuff? Uh,
2: we still feed them. Okay.
1: Big farm, lots of open air. Oh, this is their chicken house? This is their chicken here. But man, it's chaotic. He's got animals everywhere. Holy crap. How many are in there? So We have 30 chickens and two turkeys. 30 chickens, two turkeys. They all get along pretty good. He's got horses and chickens and sheep.
2: And those are our keys.
1: Wow, they make a hell of a racket, huh? And then throw in, he's got six kids under the age of 10. So there's just like chewed up boys laying everywhere. Man. His wife is amazing. I don't know how you're just going to like keep track of everybody.
2: GPS trackers? Yeah, I
1: guess you got to put a chip in or something. She's uh, former America's Next Top Model winner. Mm. And it's just this wild and happy adventure that he invited me into. And I, and I I really had a fun time out there. So he's presiding over this
0: ecosystem.
1: Yes. It really is like an apartment complex stuffed into a, <laughs> in a zoo, stuffed into one house out in the middle of Tennessee. It is just this amazing place of of complete chaos, but also just so happy, so joyous, so free. It was just like,
0: I wanted to move in. Ryan, you're painting the picture, the portrait of a guy who is clearly winning on like all levels. Yeah, if you if you
1: just saw him walking around his farm, you'd be like, "Well, how many weight classes does this guy have title belts in?" This guy must not have. Well, he must be rich and have uh, won his last twenty five fights, and it's just not true at all.
2: Whoa! Shot from that is it. <laughs>
3: and is protesting me. He is wobbly on his knees, having trouble getting up. He was
1: hurt bad. He's actually on. The brink of the worst winless streak in UFC history. He hasn't won a fight in over four years. Zero mm. oh, and eight in his last eight fights. He's got one draw in there. Um, but I think I counted him up. There's been ten MCU universe movies <laughs> since his last win. That
0: sounds. Oh my god. Yeah. An entire multiverse has been born since <laughs> Smiling Sam last won a fight. Is what you're saying? Yeah. It has been a long time,
1: and just. That idea of like, how can you be so happy while struggling
0: in your profession? I mean, it's something all of us wrestle with. It sounds, Ryan, like you went down to Tennessee on a particular personal mission too.
1: Yeah, I wanted to dig into this contrast between someone who is so incredibly happy and can't win a fight, can't win at his job. And I just wanted to go and stand in front of him and say, how? How are you doing this?
0: Okay, so look, we all want to win, right? We all want to win. There is no use denying it. It is Charles Darwin. It is the whole survival of the fittest thing. It is that old quote reminding us, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. You know, as if any of us, especially in sports, ever need reminding. But today, before he fights tomorrow night, possibly for the very last time, we want you to meet Sam Alvey. Someone whose professional life exists in this almost heretical defiance of this entire dynamic. Someone who is truly struggling at work, risking a historic string of L's in public, but at the same time is maybe winning the only game that really matters. I'm Pablo Torre. It is Friday, August 5th. This is ESPN Daily. So, Ryan Hawkinsmith, I think we just need a proper introduction to Sam Alvey here, who is fighting, by the way, against a Polish fighter, Mihail Oleg I hope I got that right. Tomorrow night. And why is this fight on Saturday such a big deal? Why is it such a big milestone for Smile and Sam? Well, he hasn't won in a very long time and is
1: also... He's one of the longest tenured fighters in the UFC. I mean, getting to 20 UFC fights is very rare. And this is his 24th career UFC fight. Mm. It is a sport that just a three fight losing streak, a four fight, five fight losing streak. I mean, it is really hard to stick around. It is a cruel sport. It's win or go home. You know, when I counted up, I looked at some of the best fighters in UFC history, some of our favorites, you know, Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey, Boss Rutin. Yeah. They fought 18 times combined in the UFC. (laughs) Wait, all together, all we got was 18 fights out of those three stars of the sport. That's all we got. You know, even the stars sometimes burn bright and then they're done. It is a very difficult sport. And he has not won a fight since the beginning of June in 2018. And I, I write in my story, that's right around the same time that Ben Simmons was named NBA Rookie of the Year, and um, oh, the Browns gosh. had their savior quarterback. His name was Baker Mayfield.
0: <laughs> right. And all of this, the world, entire currencies have risen and fallen since then. Yeah. I mean, in today's day and age, four years is, I mean,
1: it's a lifetime. I mean, sometimes four weeks feels like that. And so the idea that he has not won in so long is just remarkable and if he gets to nine if he if he loses or has a draw this weekend saturday night's card it's going to be the all-time ufc record no one's ever had that many fights in a row without a win and so it is not a record that, <laughs> that he wants uh at all and he knows that the stakes of this are he's he's a little surprised he even got this fight on his contract his quote to me was this is probably it for me even if i win He talked at times like he's got a lot left in the tank, but he also seemed resigned that this is probably
0: it for him in the UFC. And so let's go backwards then before we get to the end here, Ryan. How did Smiling Sam Alvey get his start in professional MMA in the first place? Well, he took any and every fight he could take
1: as an amateur, and then he ended up as a contestant on The Ultimate Fighter in 2012,
0: which is a good way to get in front of the boss. Yeah, like the reality show program that dared, that invited people to try and be an MMA fighter. Yeah, so he got on he got on the
1: UFC's radar. He he lost pretty early in the show, and then he bounced around a little bit. But he got on a good win streak, and it, it ultimately got him into the UFC in 2014. And then, you know, in those eight years, he's fought 23 times since then. So Al- Alvy's been around. He trains at a good camp with Dan Henderson. People know his name, but his last win june 1st 2018 uh he won a split decision against john Volante. Oh, your winner by split decision smiling sam
0: alvey! sam alvey congratulations you asked for this fight and you get the w here tonight your thoughts on the fight i did And so June 1st, 2018, is the last time that he is declared a winner. He is victorious. He is 10 and 5, which is relatively respectable as a professional fighter. And then everything clearly just starts to go wrong. There was a lot of hand unraising that has
3: happened.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The next fight got TKO'd
2: wobbly
3: on his knees having trouble
1: getting up fight after that another TKO loss
0: Alvey is done. Jimmy 10-0 and,
1: and then a unanimous decision Sam
0: Alvey seems absolutely stunned Cleats and a brave. gets his first UFC win tonight
1: he's and a bunch of split decisions one was a draw
0: ladies and gentlemen this bout is considered a split draw he had two submission losses in there oh, man. looks he like he's, does, he's does, does, yeah, does, he doesn't Happy goes to sleep. Julian Marquez submits Sam Alvey.
1: A lot of the fights were very close. They're kind of heartbreaking coin flips that he he just came up on the wrong side every time. The one that aggravated him, like the smile went away for five seconds, was when he talked about his fight from last August when he fought Wellington Terman.
2: Look at the push on that head, Alvey. Some nice position here.
0: He's able to yeah, he's reverse like, position all the way around. Nice work there from Alvi.
1: It was a very close fight. Sam outlanded Terman 69 to 68, so it was very close. But Terman got dinged for, he got warned, and then he lost two points for repeated eye pokes. Mm.
2: And another. Time! Oh, man. Now, this is interesting. Right he's been warned right so here. often. One point eye poke, okay? I told you, no more warnings. Okay? So
1: listen. You have to be careful with the fingers. He just kept jabbing albie in the eye stop. Round. oh
2: my goodness oh Time. my word i mean this changes the whole fight Is if he just, takes another you point.
1: just
0: got him in the eye again stop arguing
1: it sucks to get jabbed in the eye for anybody i'm told to, yeah. <laughs> allegedly uh, he's a dirty cheater and he, really yeah
2: he's a dirty cheater he poked me in the eye seven times six times i still lost the fight because the judges in the ufc are garbage
1: He ended up losing on a bizarre series of scores, 27-28 on two cards, and then one judge had him up 28-27. And Albie
2: is just livid right now after that result.
0: So literally and figuratively, the outcome of this fight feels like a finger in the eye.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, he he got pretty aggravated talking about that fight, but it was short-lived. He's so (laughs) chill. He's so chill about, like, what is a bitter Bitter
0: loss, you know, for most athletes. I mean, think about most athletes. I mean, Michael Jordan is still lording over slights as a JV player decades later. Can you
1: imagine if, like, Kevin Durant lost in the NBA finals and got eye poked a bunch of times and missed some shots? I mean, oh my God, how long it would take him years of therapy to get through that?
0: Yeah, Ryan, at this point in this losing streak, I would imagine if I was smiling Sam Alvey, I would begin to wonder, like, should I have taken all of these fights in the first place? Yeah. And his
1: answer is, yes, I, I'm taking every fight ever offered to me. But we had a really interesting part of this conversation that I think applies to all human beings that have, have had a job. You know, the UFC is a workplace that has a boss. And we all, mm. you know, at various times in our career have wrestled with the conundrum of like, this would make my boss happy, but it might not be the best thing for my personal individual career. Right. And right. Alvi has just made the boss happy over and over again. He has taken every fight. My
2: last few fights have not gone according to to plan. Mm -hmm. I I keep expecting the UFC to cut me. But in my last eight fights, all of them were short notice. None of them were the guy I was supposed to fight. And Four of them I think I won. It
1: doesn't matter if he doesn't have enough time to study film of the guy. It doesn't matter how much he weighs. I mean, he cuts a lot of weight to get down to, to 185. He just always says, yes, I'll figure it out later. A lot of them, I mean, even his camp, even Sam himself will admit, probably shouldn't have taken that one. It cost me, I got submitted or knocked out. Man,
2: I love saying yes to fights. I saw the fight, I like I'm better than this guy. He can't take me down. I said, like, man, I'm gonna win this fight on 10 days. And I'm gonna have so much money. And then you go out there and I, I screw it up.
1: He's wrestling with like something that I think applies to so many of us out there, which is just navigating the workplace and thinking about yourself, but
0: also the team. Yeah, so Sam Alvey is eagerly taking the assignments that others may not want, it sounds like. And I wonder, Ryan, if his bosses appreciate this. Do they notice this? What's their relationship like between Sam and, I presume, Dana White in this case, the president of the UFC? Yeah, Dana and the matchmakers, they
1: love him. They love a guy that'll step up and take a fight. And after his last fight, he thought, well, this is probably it for me. And then he got a call where they said, Hey, we're going to keep you. You got one more fight on your contract. We're going to let you fight it out.
2: They they actually called and told me, you've had some bad calls. There's some fights that we think you won. Uh, You're always entertaining. You're always good to go. And he said, probably more than anything is you are one of the most enjoyable fighters to work with on the roster.
1: They said to him flat up, we really like you. Like, we just like like being around you. Like, you are nice. (laughs) You know, you are nice. You show up with a smile on your face, you show up wanting to,
2: to be as nice and as kind to everyone in the organization that most people don't.
1: I guess my mom is right that being nice pays off sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something nice. That... And he's just so nice to everybody. The best example of it was him and his wife, McKee, they sit down and they write notes at Christmas time to about 90 different UFC employees mm they include a photo of their their family all smiling of course all smiling <laughs> Alvis. <laughs> they throw a five dollar starbucks gift card in there and they they send it off and, and i said oh you do that for everybody even dana gets a five dollar starbucks and and uh sam was like well he get he gets 10. wow they double it for the boss but it was just like again an example of like what's the answer to some of life's toughest questions it's
0: be kind Coming up, what Sam Alvey gets for stepping into the octagon.
3: Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Anejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: So, Ryan, something I appreciate now about MMA that I didn't know before is just how relatively special it is to be a long-term, like, work a professional MMA fighter. Like, that's just not a job for various reasons that gets to live for such a long period of time. What does Sam Alvey get paid for his troubles doing that? We really got into the finances of MMA, which is a constant topic. There's
1: a lot of criticism of the UFC for not paying guys enough. And right. it's a constant source of tension. He's a really interesting figure in that because he's definitely pro UFC. He loves the UFC. He takes any fight. He takes whatever money they'll give him. So this for this fight, he's worked his way up to the place where he's going to get $75,000 to fight. And the UFC does win bonuses. So if he wins, he gets a, another $75,000. He makes about $21,000, I think, for wearing their, the sponsorship gear they ask you to, to wear into the cage. And then he thinks he's going to put on an exciting fight, which makes him eligible for some of the big $50,000 or so fight bonuses. So he's an optimistic guy. So when we were riding around in his truck and I said, hey, how much do you think you're going to make for this fight? He added it all up and he thought it was going to be over $200,000 for this fight which might be his last one and so you know if you want to make a comparison you know we had some back and forth conversations where I was like that's still
0: not enough is it yeah I I was gonna say like I don't know if the dollar per injury exchange rate there makes me feel great if I'm smiling Sam
1: yeah, I mean that. So we went back and forth about that. I voiced some of the things that other fighters say, which is like the best UFC fighters fight three or four times a year. They pay all the expenses of their camp and their trainers, and you know, there's NFL players that are barely making rosters and making eight hundred thousand dollars in a year. So like, mm. you know, grinding it out. It's possible that he walks out of there with like ninety five thousand, not two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. I
2: know people like to complain about it, but it's real. The UFC does pay well. We wouldn't have the life we have if it wasn't for the UFC, if it wasn't for what they had uh, seen in me and allowed me to do. And so it
0: really, and it's uh,
2: from everyone, from Dana White down to, uh, you know, the janitor.
0: The, the ex- and Ryan, to be clear, this is not a universally held opinion among UFC fighters at all. Lots of them are explicitly dissatisfied with what they get paid, right? I gave him a hard time about it, but he's like really hard to argue with. He's just so
1: nice, <laughs> smiles the whole time. I'm like, you're wrong, aren't you? You know, what about the spider who said this? He's like, no, nah, I love it, man. And that's it.
0: Well, speaking of arguing with the guy, what does his wife say about this? How does their dynamic feel to you, Sam, as she was the person who might have objections that he does actually have to sustain and abide by? I think she might be happier than him. Honestly, like they're just like they just roll with the punches.
1: So, I mean, literally roll with the punches and yeah. they they love their kids and their farm and their life. And they just, you know, you can haggle with them about like, don't you think you should make this amount of money or what are you going to do? What if you get cut from the UFC? What's next? They're like, we're going to be fine, dude. And you end up believing them like they're so happy you believe in their
0: happiness. Yeah, how did how did their love bloom, Ryan? Where does a relationship like that get born?
1: Well, they met where so many Americans meet these days, which is a Wisconsin Renaissance fair. <laughs> <laughs> There's no love like Ren Fair love. Yeah. Absolutely. He was selling steak on a stick, which I said, hey, what is steak on a stick? And he said, well, it's some kind of meat that's on a stick. <laughs> and he's, he said it was pretty good they met they went to a uh, beautiful truck stop around the corner and had some coffee and they've been together ever since you know she was on america's next top model so she had literally spent months away from him trying to win that be on that show and he's at the same time in fight camp and so they have this like amazing relationship they just keep coming back to each other yeah two reality show vets just getting along (laughs) The thing that I found the most interesting when I was down there was I went to watch him spar for a while and he's sparring and I must not have caught it. But like a couple minutes later, his wife, McKee, shows up and comes into the gym. And I see her like she puts a a newborn baby, three week old Evander, down in like a baby carrier and starts strapping up. (laughs) And I'm like, what's happening here? And before I knew it, she's out there kickboxing and she's fighting Sam. They're jabbing. They're throwing punches at each other.
2: Yeah, I Your wife gave you a pretty good body kick. Oh, really she got today. me twice today. Well, the second time really closed my lights up. Did um, it get you in the stomach? Yeah, it was like right in the... Oh, right top. high in the stomach. Okay. She hit it once and it softened me. And she got it the second time and took the air out of me. Wow.
1: They didn't go hard at each other, but I was just like... I mean, I wrote in the story, like, the family that spars together stays together, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is there something... This is going to sound weird. Is there something a little romantic about sparring together? Like, is it... Is it? The, yeah, just is are expensive. There, You said it's like the longest eye contact you've had in a while, right? Yeah.
2: No, we're just constantly moving. So if I'm working out, she's usually with the kids. She's working out, I got to be with the kids.
0: And this couple that, again, to reiterate something you said earlier, has six kids under 10, is somehow managing all of this on this farm that you got to spend some time with them on. It's intense. I, I mean, I have three kids, and it just staying calm and patient and nice man i i have one and i feel i feel your pain yeah
1: well one of the things that like really hit me hard from an existential place is this idea of like when chaos breaks out you can either get chaotic also and just yell louder than your kid or you can Like kindness and calmness is kind of an infectious disease. And I saw that over and over again. And I was just like, maybe the answer isn't raise your voice. Maybe
0: it's lower it. And then they lower their voice. So after spending three days with this family on their farm, Ryan, what is your theory of their success? Like what's what's their secret as you've come to understand it?
1: Well when we were driving I I just kept asking Sam the same question over and over again which is like dude what like what is happening how are you so happy right now stop being so nice I don't understand it and he he gave me a quote from that his mom told him when he was really little which was Sam don't sweat the small things yeah, it's uh,
2: my, my mom always said uh, don't sweat the small stuff it's all small stuff
1: and she said and Sam they're all small they're all things small, small mm. small and I was just like, okay, that's, that's great. I'll write that on my notebook and not live it. <laughs> that's, people say that. It's hard to actually live it uh, yeah. for a lot of us normal people. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure
2: it, I'm sure it is. I, I just – I'm almost frustratingly like, to people. I'm sure water off the back. And I'm not going to get that mad. I'm not going to – nothing's going to hold me down for that long. I, I know at the end of the day, whatever is bad – It could be worse.
1: It could be a lot worse. Whatever it is, he's a small Uh, stuff. This guy actually lives it. You know, when you think about what you want your obituary to say about you, you know, a lot of us would probably want, you know, I had three kids and I, I worked at this place forever. I won this award. He wants people to think that he was kind. That's it. That's the tombstone. I was nice to people. It made me just think about, like, man, the answer to almost
0: any question is blank, blank,
1: blank, but be nice.
0: Yeah, it sounds like the crossroads he is standing at right now, where Saturday might be the end of the road Right? it sounds like he's not processing that the way you'd expect a normal, typical person to. No, not at all.
1: One of the scariest things in life for any person is uncertainty and he he's like going in there with high stakes he really needs to win money wise and prestige wise all of it but he's just like we'll see what happens i'll never forget at the very end um i asked him a question about struggling so bad in mma and maybe being out of a job and what are you gonna do next and he had some ideas about that but i was just like yeah but but what's the game plan sam (laughs) he just looked at me and he said i'm smiling sam alvey baby And he just smiled, and
0: he knows he's going to be okay. Smiling Ryan Hawkinsmith, thank you for telling us this story. (laughs) Always. Thank you. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily, and our show is produced by Bradford Craig, Alexander Hyacinth, Mike Johns, Heather Lombardo, Ryan Nantel, Mike Philbrick, Andy Tennant, Chris Tuminello, and Aaron Vale. Special thanks this week to Andre Soto, Jim Briggs, Jalen Harris, Ty Reeves, and Jackson Agelo. We'll talk to you Monday.